Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, we shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Well, shalom, and let's pray together this day. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father and our King, we thank you and praise you and worship you for all that you do for us. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for the state of Israel having its 69th birthday. We thank you, Lord, that that country is prophetic in its reconstitution and and that you've that's part of your faithfulness. So, Lord, we bless you this day. We honor you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. And we look forward to how you're going to work this day as we seek to represent you. Just touch people through us, O Lord. We thank you and praise you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, last Sunday, our Celebrate Israel event went extremely well. I know a number of you were there. I met some of you who listened to the program. That's always a pleasure for me. Uh, It's great when you show up somewhere and tell me that you're listening. Makes me feel like I'm doing something worthwhile. Amen. (laughs) Everybody wants to feel that way. You know, this week we're going to continue talking about Israel. We'll focus a little on the modern day history and look at scriptures to support its right to exist. I would like to tell you that I have a Short teaching on this uh, based on what I'm doing today, and uh, if you would like to receive it, uh, it's written down. Call Karen at 813-831-5673. And I'm remembering that I did, at the beginning of the year, a prayer guide for the United States and for Israel. Just seems like it's really appropriate now as as sim- is, is, Things seem to be so complicated and so um, so upsetting right now. And if you'd like that uh, prayer card on how to pray for this country and how to pray for Israel, also speak to Karen. 
be our pleasure to send it out to you. Well, today we are halfway through the counting of the Omer. I know it's going quickly. Uh, Let me share with you that we'd uh, like to still send you out the counting of the Omer booklet if you would like it. So again, call Karen. Would you join with me, those of you who have your counting of the Omer, as we do that this day? Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech halom asher kidishanu b'mitzvotav v'tzivanu al sifarat ha-omer. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has set us apart by your commandments and has commanded us to count the Omer. Today is the fifth day of the fourth week, and day 26 I have counted the Omer. So in the booklet, the scriptures for today are come from Proverbs 15.1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Uh, Psalm 18.36, you gave me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand upholds me. Your gentleness makes me great. And Matthew 11.29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. So the thought, based on those scriptures, is that God wants us to use gentleness and love, even when we're seeking to correct somebody. You know, scripture says in Galatians 6.1, Brethren, if someone is caught doing something wrong, you who are directed by the Ruach, the Spirit, restore such a person in the spirit of gentleness looking closely at yourself, so you are not tempted also. So the challenge for this week is write an instance of when you tried to correct a fellow believer, but they resisted. Do you think things would have turned out better had you used more love and gentleness? What can you do to become more gentle and be like Yeshua. So those are some of the thoughts for the day. I I pray that uh, counting the Omer and then certainly this booklet touches your heart. So now let's get to Israel here, right? Um, Let's look at the highlights of the history. We'll just hit a couple things. First of all, we know that in Genesis Um, We see in Genesis 12 that God calls Abraham, uh, Abram at that point, to come out of his country and go into the land of Canaan. And so this is where we start. And we see that Moses uh, obviously was called to take the people from Egypt. They were there 400 years. Also, back to the land of Uh, that God had given to his people. We see that King David made Jerusalem the capital of his um, area that he controlled. And, And so we know that all of these times, our people were in, well, what was, I guess, later to be called Palestine, but we call Israel. And then we see where in um, just maybe 900 years before Yeshua, roughly, the kingdoms of Judah and Israel divided. And so 
even though they were divided, we still, in that sense, controlled Israel. We see that in 586, Jerusalem and the first temple were, were destroyed, and most Jews were exiled to Babylon. But there were still Jews in Israel at that time, and many to most of them returned uh, between 538 and 515 as the temple was rebuilt. Uh, later on, in 300 years, uh, roughly before uh, Yeshua, uh, it, the land was conquered by Alexander the Great, and there was Hellenistic rule, which worked out great uh, for the people who were Jewish, except that later on, roughly in the years uh, 170 before Yeshua, um, new rulers and they wouldn't allow Jewish people to to keep the faith. And that was probably good because Jewish people were assimilating into Hellenism at, the, at this point. So the Maccabees in 166 revolted and they won the war against their oppressors. The temple was rededicated. Which brings us to the birth of Yeshua, by the way. And uh, another Jewish person, right? Yeshua was Jewish. Tell your Christian friends that, right? Um, In 70 AD, which would be 70 years approximately after Yeshua's birth, um, the second temple was destroyed. There was a Jewish revolt, and uh, it was obviously unsuccessful, which was part of the dispersion of Jews throughout Uh, the various lands. And then in 132, there was a fellow by the name of Bar Kokhba, and he rebelled against Rome, and that also didn't work. Even though Rabbi Akiva supported that failed rebellion and thought that he was the Messiah. But we see that, uh, so for the next few hundreds of years, uh, really, Rome was in charge of, of the land of Israel. And then finally, in 636, Arabs uh, conquered the land, and through 1099, they ruled the land of Israel. In fact, the Dome of the Rock was built on the site of the first and second temples in 691. We see that the Crusaders then, they went and tried to free Israel from Arab domination. And so from 1091 through 1291, approximately 200 years, the Crusaders dominated Israel. Uh, It was actually a very sad part of the history for Jewish people because on the way to Israel and on the way back, oftentimes the Crusaders, who were supposed to be believers— um, they killed Jewish people, they burned synagogues, and it was just a terrible time for Jewish people. Uh, in 1291, there was a group called Mamluk, and they ruled for 300 years. They actually ruled Egypt through Syria, which included Israel. And then we see that the Ottoman Empire, or the Turkish rule uh, of Israel, started roughly 1517, and went 300 years. 
uh, excuse me, 400 years to 1917. Now, the first, what we call Aliyah or Aliyah, which is the large-scale immigration uh, to Israel by Jewish people, started in the late 1800s, and it mainly came from Russia. And in 1897, the first Zionist Congress convened by Theodor Herzl in Switzerland, and we see in 1909 the first kibbutz in Dagnia, and the first Jewish city, all Jewish city in in Tel Aviv, Israel, in 1909. So we see far before the 1948 time that Jewish people were coming back into the land, and many of them. So we go to the 20th century, and we see that in World War I, the British forces defeated the Turks, and they gained control of the biblical land of Israel, which they called Palestine. In 1917, there was a British foreign minister by the name of Balfour, and he pledged support to the establishment of a Jewish national home in Palestine. Now, that area that was promised currently would be Israel, Gaza, West Bank, Jerusalem, and Jordan. There was no Jordan at this time. But we see in 1922, after the Arabs were extremely upset by this promise that Britain granted for uh, Palestine or Israel, um, including the League of Nations, and Transjordan was set up on three quarters of the area that was promised to Israel. And that's now known as Jordan. Okay, so you're understanding what's happened here. Um, and then I'll give you a few more dates. 1925, Hebrew University opened in Jerusalem. In 1929, there was a paper called the White Paper, which was very limiting to Jewish immigration. And this was done by uh, the British then, of course, we have World War II from 1939 to 45, And in 1947, the U.N. proposes the establishment of a, of a two-state solution. Sound familiar? And so, the, you know, the quarter of the land that was promised to Israel, remember, they lost the three quarters to Jordan. So... What they were going to do, the U.N. said that the quarter of the land that was given or would be given to Israel would be divided into two countries. So now the quarter is further divided. And the part that the Jewish people were going to get would be mostly desert. (laughs) Now, the Jewish people said, look, this is not a good deal, but we're going to take it. It's the best deal we can get. But the Arabs, who, if you look at a map of the Middle East, they own all the land except for this little speck called Israel. They refused this deal with the United Nations. War broke out, and the state of Israel became Israel by the United Nations 
in May 14th, 1948. And May 15th, that's when five Arab countries invaded Israel. So there was a war of independence and Israel won. And the next big war was, I mean, because there were all sorts of things that happened with the Suez Canal. and oh, But let's go to the next big one. And that's the 67 Six-Day War, Jerusalem fully in Jewish control. We see that as an answer to the prophetic nature of God's Word in Romans 11 and Luke 21, 24. An amazing time to realize what what God was doing there. Uh, Just fantastic. Uh, So as a response to the 67 War, There was a new group that kind of formed. You might have heard of them. The Palestinian National Charter was written. And this was really the beginning of the people called Palestinian. They weren't Palestinian beforehand, right? So in 1973, we see the Yom Kippur War, where um, all the land of... of, uh, the the desert of the Sinai Desert was taken, and um, it, it it was just there was oil there were there were so many things there that really would help Israel, and so they kept it until eighty two, where they made a deal with Egypt, land for peace. You know that doesn't work usually very well. Israel withdrew from the Sinai Desert. They had built hospitals there. They had built an Air Force base there. They were getting oil there, and they gave that all up for peace. They tried it again in 2005, land for peace. They gave up the Gaza Strip, and ever since then, rockets have been coming into Israel from the Gaza area. And then finally, in 2006, there was a war with Lebanon. So... Um, these are some of the things that have happened through the 20th century. Let me give you some interesting information about the Middle East. If you take the countries of Turkey and Iran, they make up more than 50% of the population of the Middle East. Turkey at roughly 81 million and Iran roughly 80 million. And then you have, of course, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, Syria, Jordan, and finally Israel at 7.8 million, probably closer now to 8.5 million. So uh, when you say 8.5 million, you have to realize that about 1,700,000 of those are Arabs. They're not Jews. That's right. 20% of the population in Israel is Arab, and they live very well in Israel. They, they are not oppressed. In fact, that the Knesset, which is like our Congress, there are a number of Arabs in the Knesset. There are Arab judges, and all the Arabs get to vote as citizens. So you can see that the the Arabs who live in Israel have it far better than the Arabs who live in any other country in the Middle East. Uh, so, a couple other interesting thoughts. 
is that um, Egypt was um, became independent in 1922. Saudi Arabia, 32. Iraq, 32. Lebanon, 43. Syria, 46. You see, so all of these countries became um, independent, so to speak, in the 20th century, including Israel. And Iran really didn't become independent until 79. Is that amazing? Okay, one other thing before we look at some... Well, I'm not sure we'll have time for the scriptures too much today, except for maybe one. But uh, let me just say that there are parts of Israel that are only 9 to 11 miles wide. So what does that mean? It means that from the Golan Heights to the Mediterranean Sea, that space in between can be 9, 10, 11 miles wide. That's like going from Tampa to Brandon. <laughs> Is that amazing? That and, and they want Israel to give up more land? Can you imagine the only place that the Arabs would be happy for the Israelis to live is in the Mediterranean Sea. Okay, enough of that. <laughs> Let me first answer the question from a biblical point of view, who owns Israel? We're going to read from Leviticus 25:23. It says there, moreover, the land is not to be sold permanently because the land is mine. For you are sojourners with me. Who is talking in Leviticus 25, 23? It's God. And so the answer to the question of who owns the land of Israel is God. God made himself the permanent owner of that land. It is his land based on what scripture says. So as God... He has the right to lease it out, so to speak, to whomever he wants, right? We're not going to go by feelings or reasons that of, of what we think are common sense. We're going to go by God because God is the authority, even in land rights. God gave Abraham and his descendants, Israel, to be an everlasting possession, so they can possess the land, but, even, but, but God owns it. And so we see this in Genesis 7. It says, Adonai appeared to Abram and said, I'll give you this land to your seed. Genesis thirteen fifteen. For all the land that you are looking at, I'll give to you and to your seed forever. And you know what I'm going to ask you now. How long is forever? You interpret the scripture, okay? Genesis, but if you change the definition to forever, be careful because maybe God will change the definition of you being saved, right? No, neither of those are going to happen. Genesis fifteen eighteen. on that day, Adonai cut a covenant with Abram, saying, I give this land to your seed from the river of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates River. You know what? It is hard for me to believe that our time is up. That's crazy. But if you come back next week, I will 
finish up this teaching on Israel. If you would like the teaching in paper form, call Karen at 813-831-5673. Also, if you want the Counting of the Omer or the prayer booklet for the United States and Israel, just ask for these things when you call Karen at 813-831-5673. May the Lord be your first priority, and may you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close in prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach. Lion of Judah, the God of Israel.